Okay, so I have literally just been waiting 10 minutes for Tank, my dog, for those of you who don't know, to settle himself because he's a snorer and he's a tapper and he's a everything noisemaker and I've even just had to move rooms away from him but he's followed me in here and now he's lying down and starting to snore again. So yet again, I need to apologise if you hear some strange noises in the background. He's basically a Velcro dog and you can't be much further than a few metres away from him, otherwise he follows you. He sits outside the bathroom door, basically. Um, Yeah, he'll go anywhere you go. But other than that distraction, hi to everyone. Another week goes by. It's still cold, but today has been a really sunny day. I popped to see Batch London, who create amazing glassware and I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret that I haven't said anything about yet because um you know tempting fate and all that I'm a little bit superstitious when it comes to these things but feel it's maybe time to put it out there so we are planning to open a studio space later this year and we're going to have some really nice stuff in it I'm so excited about it that's the main reason I have to Let it out now because I can't keep it in anymore. I want to start telling people about it. It's not going to be major news just yet, but more information will start dropping. As the weeks and days progress, we hope to be able to open later this year. And we also hope to be able to bring some really exciting things to you over and above, far, far over and above a studio space. So I'm going to tell you more as the weeks go on but just you know it's out there now there you go so today it it keeps coming up both in the Facebook group and also I did an interview actually for this podcast earlier this week with the lovely Gareth he has an Instagram called Gareth at Keepers Cottage with an underscore between those words It'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks. But he mentioned it. And also Louise in last week's podcast mentioned it. We had a really good response to that, by the way. So thank you, Louise. Again, shout out for your time and all the generous information that you shared for everyone there. If you're planning a renovation, I suggest you look back through our archives. It's just the one before this one and have a listen. Both of them mentioned it and it gets mentioned a lot in the Facebook group that we have and things like that. And it's decision fatigue. Uh, I, I get it with clients as well. I, I go to quite a lot of lengths to not give clients too many options for any one thing. I do very strict edit on things because I do find that more options just creates more overwhelm. I don't find it so much, well, probably lucky I don't find it with interior stuff but I find it with like shopping on websites I don't like shopping for clothes online for example on these like pages that just scroll and scroll and scroll and you just get like into this doom position of eternally scrolling thinking that the next scroll will suddenly provide you with exactly what you've been looking for it kind of makes my my heart sink and I start to feel quite miserable when I do it Uh, Also, you while away like so much time. Anyway, on the interiors front, there's a lot to think about. Even if you're just doing a bathroom, someone said to me the other day, oh, I always find it so hard to to do bathrooms. And I'm like, yeah, because 
there's just so many factors to a bathroom, way more than there would be in a bedroom, for example. And so, yeah, okay, furniture is one of them, but, you know, curtains, wall colour in a bedroom, what are you going to do with the fireplace and the floor? That's where you kind of start. But in a bathroom, you've got two to three different types of tiles or splashback. Do I paint? Do I use tiles? Do I use a marble splashback? What kind of vanity do I have? Do I have it against the wall? Do I have something with legs? Do I have one sink? Do I have two sinks? Do I have taps coming out the wall? Do I have them coming off the basin? Do I have a bath and a shower or a bath that's a shower combined? Do I have a walk-in shower? Do I have a tray shower? Etc. That's why bathrooms are so hard kitchens similarly are very hard a lot of levels of decision process going on there over and above just the aesthetic so yeah I see why those rooms are really hard and then you go into a full house situation where you've got to think about everything and it is a lot of stuff it's a lot of decisions so I thought it might be worth to give you guys like a cheat sheet in verbal form over a podcast of how to get get around that and make the process a little bit easier, whether you're just doing one room or a whole house, because it, it does start to feel like a lot. So first things first, Pinterest and Instagram are great. Let's start right, right at the beginning. But what Pinterest and Instagram don't help you with is sheer volume of visual information being like hurled at your face and your brain constantly and trends be wary of trends make sure they're a trend that truly speak to you because when that goes out of trend you still need to love it and the stronger the trend the faster it will most likely go out of style so still turn to your instagram and your pinterest they are great they're a great starting point but you need to edit really militantly edit and, and and you can do it in a few ways once you get your general load of pins and you've thrown all the crap at the wall what you want to do is you want to go through and start pulling out the things that repeat themselves so paint colors that repeat materials that repeat any sort of furniture shapes that repeat any sort of feelings that that repeat you can write those kind of feelings down actually as well that does help to understand what kind of room you are attracted to. Um, And then once you've made a new board out of all these things that repeat, then you need to go through and you need to think, okay, so what really, though, will work in our home? If you've got a lot of materials on there or maybe a lot of white minimalist stuff and you've got toddlers, it may not be the time to go down that route, for example. So you get rid of that. If you've got stuff on there that's all period features, paneling, this, that, and whatever, and you're living in a low-ceilinged bungalow, similarly, that's all beautiful, not going to necessarily work with your home. I mean, you could try and put these features in by all means, and if you do, I would love to see how that turns out. But I would bet that that you're probably not going to end up going down that route similarly if you have a lot of pictures with a lot of very expensive materials in 
um, i.e. bookmarked marble in the bathrooms and this, that and the other, unlikely, depending on your budget, that you're going to be doing that if it's a load of really high-end stuff. So you can get rid of that. Start making decisions in these ways. If, you, if you've got sort of pictures in there with huge sofas, but you've got a tiny living room, do yourself a favor and just get rid of those images. Like, don't pine over them. What's achievable in the space that you have? So now you've got, hopefully, a much more cohesive sourcing book of images and visuals that you can actually really truly draw from and start gaining inspiration don't don't get me wrong all the things that you kind of can't have you can still 100% use that as inspiration but it needs to be fitting into what you're doing in the actual project that you're doing you know it, it, keep it there if you're trying to emulate it in a different sort of way but if you just can't have it and you know it can't happen just get rid of it you'll thank yourself for it later it's like unfollowing unhealthy instagram accounts it doesn't actually make you happy. So once you've done that, what we're going to do is we're going to tackle the main objective, which will be affected by your timeline as well. You need to prioritize. You need to put your items at the top that are relevant to your timeline, unless you've got all the time in the world, which is lovely, great. Then you can just, you know, whatever, freestyle it. So we want... Um, a cross between budget and timeline. Budget comes into timeline too because maybe you're expecting another bit of money later on down the line or maybe you might want to buy a bigger item later on when more money comes in or look at buying a bigger item now. I don't know if you're about to change jobs or something because you can get credit. I don't know, whatever. So you want to look at your budget and give yourself a budget, for one, and make sure you have a clear idea of where you're hitting at for these products and what you're looking for, the finishes that you're looking for. Now, you'll probably always have situations where one certain finish you'll spend a bit more money than you intended on and another finish or furniture item you'll spend a bit less. But... So long as it all fits within the right budget, however you've done it, either per room or, or per project, then that's absolutely okay. But I think it is good to know. So again, to avoid too much disappointment and frustration and also wasted time looking, because let's face it, like time is a serious commodity these days. You want to be looking, fishing in the pond that, you know, has your kind of fish in it, basically. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. So... Once you've got your budget and your rough timeline together, you know what type of product you're looking for and what you're going for first. And then we're going to tackle the big items. So that's generally the flooring choice. And these are things that are big ticket items in terms of budget. They're also things that your builder needs to know early. And they're also things that will very much impact the spaces largely because there's the majority of them there. So... Wall finishes, floor finishes, tiles, obviously. And I think this is hopefully where having a very edited Pinterest board or mood board will really help you because you'll be like, okay, budget states that I can afford an engineered wood floor. 
the look I'm going for, I know I want that to be dark. So then what you're going to do is you're going to get three to four dark engineered wood flooring samples. And you're only going to get three to four because you're going to tell yourself that is all I can get and I'm going to choose the best. I'm not going to go all over the place. I'm going to work out what are the best possible three dark colors I have seen and I'm going to get those in and that's it and I'm going to choose from them unless they all come and I hate them all then I'll start again with a new three I think three to four is a good plan and be quite a harsh critic and knock things off quite quickly I I think that even if they all come and you hate them or you suddenly change your mind and you want pale then you do the same thing with pale but I think it's a good exercise in order to really push yourself to a not overthink it too much and b to really make sure you're only getting what you really like and you're not wasting time on extra stuff that you are never really going to choose or use So, and then similarly with tiles, if you really want a marble tile, then again, decide on the rough color of marble that you want, the level of veining, and do that as a sort of gut way. You'll you'll prefer one or the other. Go with the one you prefer, but get three versions of that, you know, from Mandarin Stone or wherever you're going to go. If you then want to do that on a budget, get an example of one of the porcelain marble effect tiles two one or two they're not normally that great but you never know you may hit on a good one um but again keep the samples to a minimum don't go crazy know what your direction is and you will just find it so much easier and with that in mind don't agonize over the small the small bits like and i am i'm a bit torn on this because i do I do love small detailing. I do love small details. Um, I love hardware. I will spend a long time looking at hardware. But in general, day to day, your light switches, your plug sockets, your door handles, you don't need to put as much thought into them as other more major things in your home. Because A, at the end of the day, they're not hard to switch out for something else later on down the line. Um, B, you need a lot of multiples of them, so they're expensive if you go for a more expensive option. And um, nine times out of ten, a lot of it you're not going to notice once you've got in and everything's in the house and all the furniture's there and this, that and the other. It's not really something you walk past every day and you go, ooh, what a sexy light switch. Um, I do have one light switch in my house that I really, really like, I must admit. Um, But I'm a bit weird like that. So on the whole... Don't sweat the small stuff too much and especially don't sweat the stuff that is easily changeable later on down the line too. That's where to go for your trends. If if you're wanting to bring in the trends, go small, go replaceable and then then everyone's happy. So like your kitchen style, for example, you don't have to decide all at once, straight away, where everything's going to go in your kitchen, what all your appliances are, what's going to happen inside each of the cupboards, how you're going to store everything, what you're going to store where, etc, etc. You really don't need to think about that all at once. Think about it in layers and give yourself tasks and time to make choices that make sense. So first off, just work out what style you're going for. Is it modern? Is it um, it handleless? Is it a shaker look? And 
the decision making process will be helped by again your time of life what your property is like um your ceiling height the positioning of the kitchen etc let those things guide you and go with them rather than against them and again that will make your life easier too and i say children again because handleless handleless stuff and gloss kitchens with kiddies stainless steel things like that you you will be forever wiping wiping sticky fingers sticky finger marks off um and on that note let practicalities guide you as well decide how much you want to spend what the practicalities are of the item does it need to be multi use does it need to be childproof does it need to last an extraordinary long time are you happy to splurge on it you know everyone has different splurge items so uh mine is probably stone and carpentry other people it'll be much more important to them what their appliances are in their kitchen other people will want the most grand bathtub you can find and other people will will want some enormous piece of artwork that dominates a hallway and they would spend eye-watering amounts on it but they're not prepared to spend money on uh the tiles in their bathroom or something i don't know everyone has different priorities and that's absolutely cool because we all have our own homes and we live in them so that's great and if you know them and you've decided on them all the better because then you're not going to spend an awful lot of money in the wrong place and not have money left over for that item that you're going to look at every day and think I'm so glad that I spent on this. So, budget practicalities and measuring as well comes into when you're looking at things like furniture and stuff that's going to rule out a lot of things if you need a table for an alcove area and that alcove's small you're going to rule out a lot of tables um the size of your sofa so in that sense it's important to also get some floor plans of your rooms and work out what dimensions you're dealing with and then that again will help you just rule out and not waste your time on anything and think that you can get something and then realize it's way too big for the space or too small and then have to start again and then once you know what these items are, you know what the practicalities of them are, what they need to be used for, the sizes, the budget, da-da-da, then you can stop, start. <laughs> you don't stop then. No, that's not the end. Then you can start buying them and looking for them. I think things fall into sort of three categories. The stuff that you buy straight away that you generally need, so the stuff that's all your fixtures and finishes that if you picked the house up and turned it upside down and gave it a good old shake, they wouldn't come out because they are stuck to the wall uh, or the floor. Those things, the one category. The next category is the sort of fundamental furniture that you're probably going to buy sort of straight off, straight off the peg, exactly what you're looking to find. And for that, what I would do is I, I really like Google Shop. The more you use it, the more it brings up things that are relevant to you. So it kind of learns, if you signed in, it, it kind of learns what shops you normally go for and things like that. And it's pretty good for a quick and easy way to find what you're looking for because instead of going to the websites and trawling through you can just put in specifically what you're looking for color 
quite often dimensions as well and find stuff. And and then there's the items that you can wait for. You know you don't need them straight away. Maybe you want them to be an antique. Maybe you just can't find them at the minute. And, and that's when you can just note down um, the fundamentals. If, if it is an antique that you're searching for and you want to keep an eye out when you're out and about, I thoroughly recommend keeping a tape measure in your bag as well as the information of certain spaces in your room that you want to fill. That's really handy, even if you're on holiday, even if you're on holiday, because that could be a small piece of artwork, something to go on a shelf or whatever, and you can remember what it is you're actually looking for and wanting to find homes for. That's actually nothing to do with decision fatigue. That's just a general tip, life tip. You're welcome. Yeah, things like, things like, like, don't get bogged down in things like, I don't know, skirting and coving and whatever. And a bit like one of my last episodes talking about the red thread, that will help with decision fatigue as well, because you can just change. Like, once you've decided what your hardware is, what your skirting and coving architrave is going to be, then... Each time you start a room, you've already got stuff in there that that you've started with. It's helpful for measurements and it's helpful for an overall look and feel, you know. So maybe your rads. And don't overwhelm yourself. Give yourself enough time. Don't try and do this stuff when you're tired. Um, Especially not if you're doing it with a spouse and you have slightly differing viewpoints on what should be going on. Not a good plan to do it. Late at night when everyone's tired, you, you know, give yourself one, two, three, three odd things to find a day. And each thing that you've found, I would suggest that you do put it into a mood board all together first. That will give you a really clear indication if things go together and if there's one thing that's just sort of throwing everything off. And don't be afraid if that one thing is something that you've really wanted for ages or you told yourself you were going to get or it was the one thing that the whole room was meant to hinge around even it doesn't matter don't be afraid to take that out and try things without it and let it go because it we we don't always hit upon the right thing first time and if it's throwing other stuff out don't be afraid to just let go of it and move on to a different plan. You can still keep it in the wings and maybe bring it back after you've tried some other stuff or or, or use something in a different room, but don't stick too hard and fast to early decisions made if they're if they're not working well with, with other stuff. And for mood boards, um, Canva is really good. Canva, C-A-N-V-A, is just a joy a joy to work with there's a free version and then you can get a pay for version too i've got the pay for version so i don't actually know how much you get with the free version but even the paid for version isn't that much um and depending on how long you could do it for you could always do the do the trial i think they do a month's trial or something and we are not like sponsored by them in any way shape or form so that is purely purely from love of the product and once you've got these items, your your key items that you've whittled everything down to, your samples, your bits of furniture, thin, like paint, paint colours and stuff, sleep on it. Just sleep on it. It'll still be there in one day. Just sleep on it and then come back to it in the morning and and then if you're good to go, go. 
but I think one of the main things that helps is 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 quick editing because you will probably find that your gut is often right and if it makes you feel better bookmark everything or screen grab it or keep the images or whatever so that you could go back and change your mind if you wanted to but initially try to exercise the quick edit and see where you end up and how quick you get there so something else actually going back to pinterest quickly do try their shop feature it's actually quite good if you've got something in a in an image or one of your kind of inspirational images that you like the look of i think you press shop when you're looking at the picture and it will bring up loads of similar looking items from from shops around the place which actually a few times i've i've found that quite handy it's impressed me quite a few times the the reason why i'm probably talking more about the sort of idea prep than the items is there is a good 40-70 rule um, and it harkens back actually to something that my dad always says to me which is if you have enough information the decisions make themselves and if you can't make the decision it just means that you don't have all the information yet which I think is a very very good thing to sort of live by um, or work by and there's also a 40-70 rule, which is, as I just mentioned, similar. So the idea is that if you have less than 40% of the information needed to make the decision, you don't make it. But if you've got at least 70%, you make the decision. And in this instance, your information are what we've already talked about, being your budget, your timeline, scale, as in your measurements, and your 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 taste, your likes, your style. So you need all of that down. So you know what you're looking for. And once you know what you're looking for, you will find it surprisingly easy. And, and also know what you're happy to compromise on and what you're not happy to compromise on as well. That's quite important too, because you might not find exactly what you're looking for. So be sure to know what's what what factors are important to you when when you're searching and you know if you get stuck just just leave it for a bit like if you're feeling stuck and frustrated don't carry on walk away take a walk outside go and do something else you know go to a, like car boot sale or a market or something and just put some completely different things in front of your eyes like a like a eye palette visual cleanser um or something and uh if you're doing if you're changing a room that you've already got, actually, it's quite a good idea to take a photo of the room and look at the photo of it. You often, weirdly enough, notice things in photographs that you don't notice when you're looking around it with your eye. It's very strange, but very true. So take some pictures of your room and then go off somewhere else. This actually is also if you're in the renovation, thick of it too. Go off somewhere else. Set yourself up at a coffee shop, in the gym cafe on a bench I don't know wherever just get yourself out of the thick of it and put yourself in a different location and think about things there as well because that often gives some more clarity and the other thing that you can do if you're stuck on like a design or design decisions is to take an element that you may not be particularly sold on or maybe that you are very sold on and just switch it out for something like completely opposite Completely the opposite. So if it was 
white, you go dark. If it was plain, you go patterned. If it was plain in a design sense, you go more complex. And drop something like that in there just to see how other things play off it. Just as a just as an interesting aside, um, little glimpse into another life, another world. You're just looking for that other item. That's enough to just get yourself out of the box enough to to feel renewed in your in your interest of it all again. Yeah, just and don't do it tired. Just don't do it tired. Don't do anything tired. No great decisions were made ever made like after midnight. I don't know if I if I if if you've got one, I'd love to hear about it. What was that when I was younger? Everyone said. When you go out, when you're at parties, it's like nothing good ever happens after 1am. Or was it 2am? Something like that. But I think it's mostly true. And I think that is true of decisions as well. Another way you can actually make your life a little bit easier. When it comes to things like bathrooms and hardware and this, that and the other, like don't overcomplicate it. In bathrooms, get the tap that matches the shower. Just get the tap that matches the shower. You know, if you're looking at hardware and some nice hardware, get the plug sockets and the light switches the match. You know, get the whole sort of set. I'm not going to advocate for sets of furniture. You're not going to get me doing that. But sets of, of things like that, then, yeah, like by all means, just go with that. These things are sort of really made to go together much in a much um, more pleasant way than the three-piece suite ever was. Also, don't forget, we're always here to help. If you join the Facebook group, Ain't Nobody Like a Homebody, and you're stuck, or you're trying to find something, or you're trying to make a decision on something, you'll find a lot of people there that have done, are doing the same thing, and you'll find me there too, and I can always lend you a hand. And on that topic, I am offering 30-minute Zoom calls to anyone that would like to spare the time. They are free. A 30-minute Zoom call with me if you've got a project, specifically a renovation a renovation project, and you have questions to ask, I'm doing some research on basically what, how best to help everyone, you guys, what information needs to be out there. So if you're doing a project at the minute and you're, you want some help, I am here for a half an hour call with you and you can ask me anything you want. And hopefully I'll be able to answer for you. So if you want to grab one of those, I'm going to be doing them over the next month or so. And I can be pretty flexible with timings and stuff like that. So it doesn't matter where you're based either because there's there's Zoom. So easy peasy. You will have to put up with probably a tank snoring in the background. But that's just like the soundtrack to my life. And yeah, if you're interested, you can get in touch on the Facebook page, you can get in touch on the Instagram, Studio LFF. Um, Where else can you get in touch? You can email us, the email is on the website. But yeah, I would love to hear from you if you've got the time to spare and if you've got the questions to ask. Please, please get in touch. And also, please, please, if you like this show and if you're enjoying it and if you found it useful, I would love you to give us a five-star rating. It really helps us move up in the old podcast ranks and then we are able to find new listeners and more of you lovely lot to speak to so that would be great and other than that i wish everyone a lovely rest of week and a lovely weekend and i'll be back to chat to you again really soon bye